You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 277 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? Happy New Year, Valerie. I'm great. Happy How are you New going? Year. Happy New Year. This is Happy like... New Year to you too. Very, very exciting. We're both here with our what, bubbles. You, yeah, we're... Uh, I can't... I don't have anything deep. to think on. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I almost... Oh, sorry. I almost broke Valerie that. Valerie She um, does have a potty so, mouth. <laughs> yes, sorry. So, yes, um, I have actually had people over all day and have had bubbles all day. They brought over some very nice bubbles and um, I'm continuing to have them. So <laughs> happy yeah. new year to all happy of our new listeners. Year. Thank you very much for joining us and we hope that you had a good holiday season. Yes. What did you get up to, Gina? Oh, lots of stuff. I've... Uh... I've had a, like a good week off, Val, which is lovely. Nice. So I have to admit, I have not picked up a camera mm. and I've been, uh, it's been very, very hot. I'm actually uh, recording this podcast today from my brand new Bikram sauna studio. <laughs> okay. It's not really a Bikram sauna studio. It's just really hot in Melbourne. It's very, very hot and mm. the aircon doesn't reach to my office, sadly. And I did have a fan on, but it sounds like I'm um, recording from uh, the side of a plane if I leave the fan <laughs> on. So. Yes, so many of our overseas listeners may be aware that this Australia is being ravaged by many, many bushfires at the moment because of the heat. And yeah. um, while neither of us are in any bushfire zone, uh, we're certainly feeling the effects of it. Gina's obviously in a very hot environment and yep. um, it is hot here, but I'm I'm experiencing smoke and haze in, in a big way. Um, yeah, so happy new year from a very hot Australia. Yes, and, and uh, Val, as well as uh, champagne this afternoon, yes. I've been enjoying my very, very favourite uh, Christmas treat, What's which that? is an Italian dessert. Panettone. Yes, you guess. Oh, yeah, I love that. So, and I've thought about the best way to describe panettone, yeah. and it is, imagine if cake and bread yes. got together and Had made a baby. A baby. Yeah. They would have panettone because it's so like true. it's cake bread. And the last yes. time uh, you and I had cake bread together, Val, <laughs> was we were in the Philippines That's right. doing a shoot together. And at the yes. buffet, I, I reckon I rolled home six Ks heavier on that yeah. trip because you and I, because mm. it was a breakfast, lunch, dinner buffet we would yes. do, yes, yes. and they had this cake bread. I know. <laughs> it's a specialty of the Philippines, I think. It was really was good. was 
amazing. And I think brioche is probably another um, yes. cl- close relative of Love brioche. Uh, so do I. Oh, my God. I remember I ate, I think, my body weight in mangoes. On that trip? That trip, yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you're a new listener tuning in today, uh, this is probably uh, not the episode you should start at because we're a little bit loose. <laughs> but if you today. have, welcome and that's welcome. completely fine. Yeah, yeah, but welcome and stay and maybe get a drink so that we actually make more sense. Yes, and because, because every so often, maybe only once or twice a year, we accompany our um, podcast recording with some bubbles. Yes. Excuse me while I take a sip. (laughs) (laughs) It's lovely. I love – this is actually uh, my favourite time of the year, the time between – we're we're actually recording a couple of days before New Year, but it's Mm. that lazy time between Christmas and New Year where Mm -hmm. where you actually do forget what day it is. Yeah, what day is it? And it's perfectly fine to be day drunk, which I have (laughs) been probably for the last three days now. (laughs) Yes, day drunk. (laughs) And then, you know, we do this for a few more days and then we pull it together and we become professional again, don't we, Val? Exactly. So another reason I am day drunk is I um, had a bit of a disturbing experience. What? So this morning I happened to be looking, you know, you're just browsing the internet and um, I discovered, and this is the truth, um, that a photographer has basically ripped off word for word words on my website word for word what mm. what what the, so that's what been words an interesting on your website what do you experience? mean experience um and it's it's not just word for word as in you know um, things like about me or, <laughs> or home, portfolio <laughs> or contact details. I'm talking entire chunks that are word for word. I'm not going to mention the words specifically on this episode. And if the photographer is listening, you know, well, you know who you are. And may I suggest, and I'm coming from a place of compassion because obviously you felt that you need to for some reason, but may I suggest that even if you model what is on my website, um, that perhaps you could just even change some of the words a bit as opposed to literal word for word. Wow. Val. So I found that a little bit disturbing and that's, you know. So, so you drank yeah. away your sorrows. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> and I showed it to three other people just to make sure it wasn't mm. me thinking this was unreasonable. No, four other people. Mm. And they, they, they're quite shocked at the wow. extent to which it is um, word for word. Uh, because, it, you know, it could, it, it's, they, there's very specific sentences. And it would have been so easy just to have changed it a little bit and... I'm sure it's no one, no one at all in our community. But if that person happens to download this particular episode, um, may I just suggest that you change the words a little bit so that it's not exactly the same. Well, and you do have a very distinct uh, voice when you write, Val. So it's like it, that's just so bizarre to me that someone would do that. Mm. Oh well. 
have another drink. Okay, Calm yes. Down. Yes, in, I have another drink. <laughs> in with anger, out with love. Breathe, breathe. But we no, no, are talking I, I, about good things I am things saying today. that from a place of compassion. But yes, let's move on to, to good things today. What are we talking about today, Gina? Well, today we're talking about the best photography lessons that we learned in 2019. And uh, I'm going to give you some links to some of the podcast episodes that uh, we loved and I, the, my biggest aha moments of the year and I'm sure Val awesome. you've got a few to add yes. to those as well yes but before we so. do that we had a really interesting question in the Facebook group now if you're a new listener to us and you're not a member of the Facebook group please do join it's free to join uh, just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and request to join. We'd love to have you in there. So Stacey posed this question um, very recently saying, I'm curious of which members have joined the Gold community and how it may have enhanced your gift. I listen to Gina's podcast and take a bit of something every time. I bought my first book of hers last night. Woohoo! So great question from Stacey mm. and um, a bunch of fantastic answers as well. So mm. Tracy Jones responded with, it consolidates the knowledge as the videos help make the podcast information click. I have all her books and combined with the Gold community, I feel my photography has progressed quickly in a short space of time. I'm confident enough now to try off-camera flash yeah now Vanessa McIver said I'm a member and you get full access to all tutorials ask me anything monthly mastermind and Gina herself is in that group lending encouragement expertise and um, she says that the monthly fee is great value for money I'm learning the value of flash photography at the moment and the gold community tutorials have been a great place to start um, Brian Becknell mentions that he took a break from the God community, but he's rejoining Yay. in January. Good to have you back, Brian. Hope yeah. life is fun in Florida. Um, Lise said, I have learned a hell of a lot in the last year or so. Lisa McTiernan said, great supportive and positive community sharing real on the job skills. I learned so much and my photography improved technically and in business. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, Lucy Valentine said, I joined a couple of months ago. Ever since my photography has really taken off, it's definitely worthwhile and good value for the money. The tutorials are excellent. Hmm. Jenny Threat Paul said, the gold community is worth every penny. It provides you access to Gina's membership. Um, she'll give you constructive critiques on photos, answer questions about lots of topics, give loads of encouragement. I started out paying monthly, paying and quickly realized I wanted all year access. I binge watch her tutorials that are accessible through her community and was like, why haven't I not joined sooner? <laughs> <laughs> I'm signed up for the whole year, whole year now and could not be more excited. And um, Jenny goes on to wax the ripple about the... Um, uh, about the gold community. Gustavo says, uh, I was a member, I must say, I learned a lot. People are as amazing as an open public group. There is, there, but there's more depth and constructive critiques from Gina. And Natalie Finney says, Gina taught me everything about the basics of lighting and a wealth of other knowledge, including editing techniques and directing through photo shoots. She also pushed me to pursue personal photographic projects, which has completely taken my photography to a new level. I couldn't recommend the Gold Community enough. Um, and Rebecca says, I started with Gina's books, then the Gold Community. I'm late to the podca podcast community. Gina's tutorials, Ask Me Anything Mastermind, and the constructive critique videos are well worth it. Wow. So some fantastic On your goldies. Comments. I love my goldies. Yes. 
Um, thank you so much to you guys who have responded to Stacey on that. And um, we love having you in the community. It's absolutely fantastic. All right. Let's move on to this week's topic, topic which is all about, <laughs> excuse me as I take another sip. Um, let me just sit back now. Oh, Val. <laughs> okay, this week's topic, which is the best photography lessons of 2019. Yes. Where do we go on that, Gina? Oh, there's so many. Um, so, like, do you do this at the end of the year? Do you look back and take stock of what you've achieved and what you would like to achieve for the the, the new year? I do, do 50% back? of that. So I actually don't look at what I have achieved, even though I probably should. But I mm. do obviously think about what I would like to achieve in the coming yep. year. And do you write it down? Uh, Give a little ceremony. Most of the time, or, or some version of writing it down. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I do. I do. I set goals yeah. uh, on New Year's Eve oh. and uh, write it all down. Yes. Oh, I think okay. it's very important to uh, you kind of hold yourself accountable and you can think it, but I think the act of writing it down, this is what I'd like to achieve. But I also think it's very important, particularly for artists or anyone learning a new skill, that you, um, because you can forget how far you've come. And you can also be a bit uh, tougher on yourself than you need to be and you kind of forget, you know, what you have achieved. So I like to look back over the year and say, all right, what were my best photos? Uh, what can I change? Where do I need to go in the following year? But I always like to, uh, you know, look through my work and see where I got it right and uh, also see where I got it wrong and where I need to um, improve. I think it's important. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So... Yeah. In 2019, we had uh, some amazing guests that came on the show and shared some... I had so many aha moments, and uh, this is what I love about uh, doing this podcast, uh, aside from being able to um, teach all of you guys and uh, share all these lessons. It's learning from some of the best in the world, and, you know, there wasn't a single interview I did that I didn't come away having learnt something, so we thought we'd uh, break it down and uh, chat uh, about a few of those things. But uh, I think personally, the the theme uh, throughout the year in terms of of like from what I saw from answering questions in the So You Want to Be a Photographer uh, podcast Facebook group and also in the Goldies is, you know, one of the most common questions I get and also from my newsletter as well is which camera do I need to make me a better photographer or which gear do I need? And it's like, you know, it's not the camera. And, you know, the fact that I the, the, the cameras that were around uh, 20 years ago are probably, you know, 10 years ago or the a quarter of the size in terms of megapixels mm. and you know the autofocus was shite and but we were doing commercial jobs with those calendars mm. and you know those those uh, cameras and and those images were blown up to be you know billboard size or cover magazine cover so you know it's not the camera the camera's not going to make you a better photographer doing the work will and so this is something that I've drilled into the goldies um 
you know, you, you practice the techniques. But in doing that, you know, do it as training. Like, and I'll use the basketball analogy because it works for me. It's like when you basketballers or any athletes are training during the week, they're not having matches. You know, they're not sitting there. We're going to have a match because it's important that we, we get these goals and we count, count how many goals we kick or how many baskets or hoops we shoot. It's about doing the drill. So it might be that they do a dribbling drill, which is not that they dribble on themselves, but that... Like, like, you know, just running the ball up and down the court and also standing at that uh, three-point line and just throwing the ball and having uh, shots at goal. And the reason they do this over and over and over again is because it becomes, eventually, it becomes muscle memory. And so that you want to be in a position where you can line up for goal and not think you're just in the zone and you take a shot and you score. And the same goes for photography. You want to be, you know, and it, look, I get it. We're all busy. Everybody's busy. There's, there's pets to walk. There's, you know, day jobs and there's, you know, children to drive to soccer practice and all of that thing. So time is, we're all time poor, but you can still find, you know, five or 10 minutes, even when you're binging on your favorite Netflix show, you can sit there and, you know, get your camera out and practice focusing, focus on the TV screen. And again, don't worry about the end result, but worry about getting the technique down or even in your lunch hour, you know, if uh, focusing is one of your weaknesses, then go to the park and get your camera out and practice tracking um, runners who are running past or people on their bikes or even point the camera up at the sky if there's birds But don't look too much like a stalker. No, but practice trying to track the birds and get them in focus. Uh, You know, other things that you can do is even when you don't have your camera with you, just be thinking like a photographer. So when you get on the train in the morning, look around and see where there's a shot. And that's, uh, you know, something that I picked up not this year, but the year before when I interviewed Donato Di Camello, who was uh, in jail. And he could not take any photos. So, but he wanted to still keep practicing and learning. So what he did was in his mind, he walked around and he's like, there's a great photo. There's another. And so he was lining up compositions in his head. And this is what I do all the time. It's like, I can't help myself. I can't switch off that part of the brain. So I'm constantly looking at images and seeing images in my mind's eye. Or whenever I go to a new place, the first thing I do kind of nerdy but the first thing I do is look for where the good light is and so even if I'm having a coffee with a friend I'll be looking at the catch light in their eyes or the light falling across their face and thinking wow this is actually really good light what's the time what time of the year is it let me remember this as a location for next time so you can do that whenever you go anywhere just practice get your styrofoam head out and uh, you can practice in the you know the, the the quiet of your own home without anyone bothering you and you can learn how to shoot with off camera for a lash and don't oh, I can't speak fell but it's a great way to uh, teach yourself and again 
again don't worry about the end result just do the just get the practice in and you'll be a lot better and I'm sure that you must do that with your painting Val like there are times when um, you're because uh, you've, you've changed styles several times through your uh, painting journey right well I've tried different styles yeah you try different and some styles I've stuck with and some I haven't yeah yes. but but when you're learning a new style, you might like to even just practice uh, painting on or sketching, but you're not worried about, you're not actually creating a work of art. You're just trying a new um, style, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and not worrying about the end result. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that is like one of the best things you can do to advance your skills uh, as a photographer. Another one that's come up and uh, that's something that I keep repeating myself on and it's something that I think is the most important thing to being a great photographer is the ability to pre-visualize the shot. So have an idea in your mind's eye about what you want to achieve and then work out how you can achieve it. So not just turning up to a location and seeing a shot and taking it that's kind of being a reactive photographer but being a proactive photographer is where you think about an image it's like okay I want to take a photo of a person I want the location to be a pink brick wall and I want my person to be wearing uh, complementary colors to the pink so you know my person might be wearing a green suit with a pink flower and I want the whole look to be really bright and poppy so if I don't have that light I'm going to add my light and create that scene and so and you know I want my person to be a third of the way in I want the mood overall to be really happy and bright so I'm going to make sure that I direct my model to be happy and bright and you build the shot from there but you go in with an actual idea in your mind's eye of what you want to create and I think that's the best way to also create uh, original artwork yeah yeah that makes sense yeah so another really important one and I think the the photographers that I've seen in the last year that have that have um, taken off with their work and and their skills have improved uh, the quickest are the ones that seek um, constructive criticism and so I know this is hard for a lot of people to be asking for a critique on their photos and there are a lot of people that have fear around even posting to a Facebook group and I know there are some Facebook groups where it is a sport to bring down the photographer and you know make fun of the work but that's not what happens in uh, the Say You Want to Be a Photographer no, podcast group and it's community. certainly not what happens in the goal community it is the most supportive and amazing community yep. that I've, uh, I'm a part of and you will get nothing but love and kindness yep. but you will also get uh, some gentle critiques because it's like what you need really is helpful a, a critiques really helpful because you do need another set of eyes on your images because you know you'll take a photo and you'll be seeing the stuff that um you notice it's like what you know but but then there's other people that might be a couple of years ahead of you or a few years ahead of you that have probably made those same mistakes and so they're looking out for those things and they'll notice that and so that's how you get you take your work to the next level and even uh, photographers that are 20 30 40 years down the track will seek 
constructive uh, criticisms. I, I think it's uh, it's one of the most important things you can do for your work and uh, one of the, the best gifts you can give yourself. So, um, you know, if you're afraid, make, maybe make that a, a New Year's resolution that, you know, I'm going to post more images and ask for crea- uh, constructive critiques. Yes, I think that's a really good idea. So next you on never my list know, and about, the thing yeah. is, you don't yeah. have to necessarily take everyone's advice. I think that the beauty is that you get a lot of different perspectives and you can then choose what works for you. That's yes. not to say that that advice wasn't, you know, well intended and completely yeah. valid and that maybe you should have taken it, but you don't have to. It's still really good to seek it. Yes, and uh, just for, from from the other side, if you are a photographer who is critiquing another photographer's work, I think one really good way to do it is to always uh, point out what you like about the image first and all the positive things that the person has done and then give uh, your critique after that. I think it's a, just a, a nicer way to do it, you know. Um, all right, next, Val, finding a good mentor. Oh, and I think yeah. this is important. So finding someone who is a few years down the track or many more years down the track and this is a common theme with everyone that I've interviewed this year how did you get started they all had the same story where they had someone who mentored them and helped them up and I think that's the best way to uh, fast track uh, what you do and I've got an example of that where I I learned from this in another area of my life Val so I um, come from a family of amazing gardeners Okay. Right. Yes. Um, somehow that gene <laughs> didn't really get passed you've down a, to me. You've got a pretty it's, decent garden. It's better yeah, than I've mine. I've got a garden, but it's all like, it's a bush block, Val. So it's like, yeah. I can't take, um, I can't claim that I made the gum trees grow. Well, right? Cause they you were didn't already kill here. them. I didn't kill them, but you can't, <laughs> right? So, so I've got like a drought-tolerant gut, but I do love beautiful gardens and I particularly love Balinese gardens, right? Oh, yeah. And and I've had a few goes. I've had many goes and I, I, I shudder to think how much money I have spent Do you still have your years. pond? No, because the ducks, we lost the ducks yeah. to, the, to the foxes. So, so the pond had to get dug up. But, but anyway, there is now a Balinese garden there in its place. But I've spent years and years and years trying to do this on my own. And so, like, I, I might like look Gina, on... Like um, Gina, when she wanted to make a pond, she just, like, dug a I hole dug, in the I backyard. Went, yeah, but it was, it was a good pond, kind of. Um, but, but so the Balinese garden, I'd, like, come back from Bali all fired up and I'd go to the nursery and I'd drop, like, 400 bucks on plants right you've done that and then i plant them and um they die yeah and then i'd do it again and again and again and again and like i've bought bamboo that's not cheap you know i know i did that too right i bought um banana plants and um these other ones that look like banana plants that i can't remember what they're called but they're beautiful and they're my new favorite plant they look like banana plants but they're not Hundreds and hundreds, thousands of dollars, yeah. right? And and then this year I said, I, I, like, I've got a friend who's a landscape gardener and she said, look, you have to get help. <laughs> and she said, you can invest a bit of money at the start 
and set it all up properly because what you're doing is you're not preparing the soil properly and you don't have a sprinkler system and you're not watering enough and the garden's dying. She said, I can set it up so it's fail proof. So we got a landscape gardener in, he put in a sprinkler system first. First, he got rid of all the weeds. They dug it up, they prepared the soil, they, you know, made it all beautiful. Then they trucked in all this new soil, then they planted it out. And every morning, like magic, the garden's watered. And it's beautiful. And I just look at it and go, wow, look, I've got a Balinese garden because (laughs) I got help. I got the experts in who know what they're doing. And now all I need to do is maintain it. So the point of that whole story, Val, (laughs) if anyone is still listening, (laughs) (laughs) is that, you know, sometimes um, you have to invest to actually get ahead and you know going to people who knew what they were doing has now saved me so much money and I now have a beautiful garden that will just last forever because it gets watered and it was done right and all these things that it's like oh I never knew you could do that you know and it, that that's uh that's the bonus of uh you know finding people who know what they're doing to help you so if you need a Balinese garden, I'm now setting up a Facebook group for no, <laughs> gardening for brown thumbs. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Sorry, if, keep if talking, you don't I'm need a Balinese a garden, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what next? Mm. Okay, sorry. Um, oh, you were having a swig of prosecco. I was, I was having a skull. Is that a um? Is that an Aussie slang word? Skull. skull. I don't yeah. know. North skull, Americans skull, skull, and skull. people from other parts of the world. Please do tell us tell us if skull is a common parlance in your vernacular for drinking quickly. I'm actually um incredibly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm impressed by your vocabulary. So, um, do you know when people drink, the 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 saddest thing is how punctuated everything becomes, and it's like you have to concentrate because normally speaking comes naturally. You open your mouth and the words come out, uh-huh. but when you drink, something happens that you feel like you have to force every word out. And yet you're, 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 you're finding all these big words. I avoided saying vocabulary <laughs> is big, Val, <laughs> when you drink. Yep. That's, yeah, you just agree. So it's your ego. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let us get back on track, Gina. She's still good at keeping me back on track. <laughs> so um, in episode 259, yes. how to photograph wildlife with guest Scott oh, Bourne. Isn't he amazing? Amazing images. Some of the, his images are absolutely jaw-dropping and they're, they're real. They're actually, yes. you know, they're real. They're real birds. Yes. Um, the takeaway for me from that um from that interview was that there was one particular image that he actually spent 13 years before he finally got the image that was in his mind's eye. So 
I'm not saying that you need to spend 13 years to get the shot, but again, it comes back to that pre-visualizing the image and often um, when you're doing a shoot, you do need to work the shot. So it's not enough to go like first frame, you go, that's amazing, I'm amazing, everyone give me a round of applause, thanks very much, good night. Keep working the shot and keep pushing. So you have a look at it and you go, how can I improve this? And it might not be on that day, but it comes down to review your work, get it get it critiqued. How can I improve it? And how can I get that image that's in my mind's eye? He kept going back to the same spot at the, the time of the year and he just wanted to have the right mist, the right amount of birds, the right formation. And, you know, in the end, he got the shot and it's absolutely gold it's the cover of the cover image of that uh, particular episode but you know that to me that is a real artist to have that sort of dedication to to the work and uh, I think in this day and age where everything seems to be so disposable and the quick um, show on Instagram and it's all over um, I think having that sort of dedication to high quality art I think that's uh, for me uh, a big game changer and one of my favorite takeaways yeah, absolutely, definitely. And while we're – because Scott um, photographs wildlife, but while we're on the subject of animals, another fantastic episode is episode 245, which is with Jamie Piper, who specialises in animal photography. And, of course, I love animals. Yeah. And I love taking photos of my animals. So I really love this episode as well. Yeah, and uh, so the the takeaway for me, the, the game changer, and it was just so simple, but like, again, when someone is a master of what they do, like Jamie is, they're going to teach you that sort of stuff that you just go, I didn't realize that, but you know, the, the thing is, she, she said that most people, when they're photographing their pets, have the camera up in front of their face. Yeah right now a dog or a cat or any other pet that you might have if you have a pet donkey or a chimpanzee or whatever it might be reacts to your face they must see your face so it's very important that you have the camera away from your face and then you're you know you're engaging with the with the dog or the cat and so you know you can even try this at home I've, I've tried this with my dog you know you try and um talk to them they'll always look at your face and you know you can't point have you ever tried to point a dog in the the direction they just look at you like you're an idiot they go what are you you talking about (laughs) you know so it's really important that you're you make sure that they see you and they see your face so just that simple act of pulling the camera away huge huge difference to your shots and also she said you can't get low enough to get a good shot so you know if you're a pet photographer you're going to be spending a lot of time on your tummy yes well or as my partner does he um he's not on his tummy but he just holds he might be standing or you know bending a bit and he just holds the camera down near his ankle oh he shoots from the hip yeah well down near his ankle he shoots like very very low um And if you have, because we've got uh, uh, different cameras, but if you have the kind of camera that where the viewfinder doesn't angle, he just shoots, he just takes a stab in the dark and just shoots a whole heap of stuff and one of them's going to be right. But if you have the kind where the viewfinder angles, like the camera actually that I'm holding right now, um, you can you can see what you're doing. Yeah, and 
if you've got a later version, uh, like if you've got the Canon Mark IV or any sort, any any camera around, like maybe uh, three years from three years ago onwards, uh, they all have uh, apps that you can uh, link to your phone. Oh yeah, and camera connect. Then you can use your phone as the viewfinder and also to control the camera. So yes. that, that's actually a really good idea. That to having the camera set at like there ankle is a height. bit of a delay, so it is difficult with animal photography to use camera connect on mm. the canon um because mm. it, it's not exactly in real time yeah it's like a split second yes. delay yes but still but it's better than trying yeah, great. to yeah great um, yeah function yeah definitely. yeah that's a that's a great hack fell so another fantastic. fantastic episode um was episode 253 which was shooting amazing black and white landscapes with jack curran yeah. Now, um, his shots are awesome and they're all in black and white. What did you love about this episode, Gina? So the biggest aha moment I had is when Jack mentioned that you light landscape in the same way that you light a portrait or a still life. And I had honestly never thought of it this way. And I'm just like... That is just, my mind was blown. And so he's talking about, because most people, when they're photographing, say you've got the Rocky Mountains or, you know, a mountain range, obviously I'm thinking of anywhere, is they will shoot either backlit or when the uh, with the sun directly behind you so that the sun yes. is lighting those mountains okay. flat on. And what happens is these beautiful formations just look flat, flat and yeah. dull. And so he said all you need to do is kind of uh, change your angle of view so that you've got the light coming in from the side. And when the light um, comes across and rakes across, uh, I nearly... Oh, I nearly knocked over the champagne. Oh, my God. Uh, I just just saved it. Well, um, while you, since you reminded me, I'm just taking a sip. Yeah, I'll keep talking. Mm. But when the light rakes across the, the, the from the side, across the front of, a, say, a mountain range or a building or any large structure, then suddenly you uh, get uh, sculpted light yes. and it, 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 you get highlights and shadows and suddenly this mountain range looks 3D. Like and that for me modeling. was just... Exactly. And I'm like, oh, my God, so you can give split lighting yeah. just like you would with a portrait or Rembrandt lighting mm. or anything. So now whenever you approach a landscape, think about it and try and avoid uh, having the sun directly behind that mountain range or directly at your back. Try and shoot so that you've got the light to your side, yep. you know, and uh, that's going to give you a much nicer right. landscape image. Yeah, yeah. So shoot from north or south in the well in, not, in the not, evening. I don't. I get that, that's now you've confused me. <laughs> okay, don't so ask me to do any math at this point. Let's either. move on to episode two hundred thirty-six. If you haven't had a listen to that, was with um, Tiana Malhern on how to take your portraits to the next level using styling and color. Yep. Now, such important things: styling and color, right, Jane? Yes. This uh, this 
episode was the gift that kept on giving because you know there there is a saying um the good shit sticks right yes confucius said that i'm sure what's that (laughs) confucius said that i'm sure i think it was confucius (laughs) someone of that era uh or seneca or someone like that yeah um so but but basically um when you're, uh, uh, when the student's ready, the, t- the the teacher appears is another another version okay. of that, I guess. And so, um, it's not the when, same thing. Yes, it kind of is. Like you you hear what you need to hear when you need to okay. hear it. So so I've had a, a lot of. Um, people write to me and they say that they're on their third round of listening to all the episodes of the podcast good work guys you know and they're saying that um that now on the third listen uh they're going through and because they've uh learnt new techniques that stuff that they missed in those episodes is now making sense so you know that's uh so there is a couple of things that uh diana said in this episode that i think applies to all photography even though she was talking about styling and color i've used this analogy for photography as well and she came up with the the quote dress as to not hurt my oh, eyes yes. which i just adore and i remember it every day when i'm getting dressed and so i think um <laughs> coco chanel also said something similar it's like when you're um about to leave the house look in the mirror and take off one item right. one, one accessory yeah but, you know, it, it wouldn't work is look in the mirror and take off one item of clothing if you're, all you're wearing is a like, dress. I'm just wearing shirts, shorts and a T-shirt today. Or right? dress. So, so I just took, oh, yeah, so you just have to take off your dress. <laughs> and I don't know if I'd take off my top or my shorts. I don't know which would be worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, but that dress as to not hurt my eyes. So yeah. think about that when you're styling someone because often so um, the styling goes over the top Uh, but the same can be said for photography like you can clutter an image and try and include every trick that you know when um, just doing it simply would have uh, served you better so think about the image and have a look at the first frame that comes up and really study it and think is there too much going on is there too much clutter is my background too busy is my styling too much is there too much foreground detail? Is there too much going on? And the other one that Diana um, mentioned was um, there was another two actually. Black is not slimming. Uh-huh. It's really Mind interesting, blown. right? That's so counterintuitive. Yeah, but you know, I'm very anti-black. Um, in photos and that's been drilled into me from years and years of working in magazines where like if we went out and shot a you know a story for a magazine and came back where the person was wearing all black the the editor was never happy because it just it's too heavy for a magazine so magazines love color and like the 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 only exception is if the environment is so ridiculously colored that the black is the, you know, juxtaposition of it. That's the only exception. Yeah, or if you've got someone who insists on wearing black, then the stylist will try and bring in a scarf or coloured earrings or they might have bright green hair or something like that going on, then it's okay. But I find that... um, and as Diana said, she said, like, people will wear black and they'll wear, like, one, um, like, a, a black suit or a black dress. So it's the same material all the way through. She said it actually makes people look bigger. And she said, but the best thing you can do when working 
uh, if someone insists on wearing black is to, to bring in textures. So if like, you know, you do have a stylist and the option to get that image styled or you can uh, speak to the person that you're photographing beforehand is this suggests that they mix up the, the, the textures. So you could have a, uh, a jacket which has got a... Um, like a what's it called when the 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 material's got texture in it, like a brocade or something like that. Is that the right yeah brocade name for? or you could there be a velvet jacket? Look at me. Yeah, yeah. So you, so yes, velvet, velvet, leather, even right, and then yeah. and then you, the you contrast that with, with say like linen a or cotton or silk. Yeah. or a silk or a satin that's got yeah. a bit of shine so you've got the shiny with the rough yeah. and so that's going to um you're going to have different um uh, tones of black and then they could be wearing like a uh, a leather or a pleather or a plastic uh pa- pla- plastic pants are awful imagine wearing those today in my sauna um and so the textures then all sort of play off against each other and you you uh break up the shot and it looks a bit uh better so so she also recommended those things so i loved that episode so a couple of good take good takeaways from that one yeah definitely a good one and then also um moving on to marketing yourself uh there was a great episode about marketing yourself without social media which was episode 276 to get noticed without social media with uh, daniel milnor Yes, and uh, I've had a great feedback on this episode. Yes. Uh, everyone has loved it, and uh, I think the the most fantastic takeaway that he suggested, and really uh, this will set you apart from everyone else, because I think people are afraid now to print their work, and everyone's taking the Instagram or the Facebook option, and not many photographers are printing business cards or brochures. And so what Daniel does is he uses a uh, a service called MagCloud and yeah. I'll put a link in the show notes and you can get like an eight page or a 20 page little pamphlet brochure done instead of a business card and so whenever you're out and, and like you've got an opportunity you're out at a party or you're at some sort of networking function and the question what do you do comes up or you can either sit there and go um well I'm a photographer <laughs> and there's like are you wedding? No, I don't do weddings. I do. Well, why don't you just do you ha- talk you hand- in that voice? Too? No, oh, you know, because okay? you get missed. Yeah. You know, we've done an episode of this where it's like usually there's like you know you're down by the the crab dip or something <laughs> having this awkward conversation. <laughs> but these brochures, uh, he was saying like around a dollar fifty a pop. That's fantastic. Isn't it's it? fantastic, it's and so really you can good. lay out your images. And he said yeah. th- this was the best thing that he said. He said, do it, and it's come down to the advice I gave earlier in the show about practicing your skills without worrying about the outcome Mm. he said create this brochure like a burner brochure you know how you've got a burner phone Mm. he said we'll use you have a burner brochure so you make the brochure and you put your text in and then you send it off and get it back and you might notice that the font that you used was the wrong font or it was too big or the the uh, the way the brochure printed compared to what you got on your screen wasn't quite right. So you could use the first version where you might want to um, have uh, 
put in three different images, the same image, but like one a little bit lighter, one a little bit darker, and one somewhere in between, and then you can see which one works better with the printing because it, it is a bit of uh, mucking around with to get the printing right. And you can do the same with uh, just dedicate a whole page to font. You can do, you know, a 7 point, 9 point, 11 point, and then try all the different um, styles of font that you want to try and see which one sits the best uh, with the image. Yeah. Yeah. And then send it away, have a look at it and go, all right, that's my burner one. And then from there, you can improve and uh, get get the, the brochure out, you know, that you want and uh, then start handing it out and be a rock star. Yeah, I mean, and, and my, we call it a brochure, but it, it, it can be a it's mini a, magazine. And yeah. if you go to magcloud.com, they're not necessarily books, but they're like magazines. That, that's kind of the, the feel of them. Um, and you can choose to either um, uh, produce your own magazine to distribute at the Crab Dip or you can potentially sell your magazine if you've got, you know, the right marketing behind it as well. All right, another thing that both Gina and I love is personal projects. And Gina's got her own personal projects and there are a bunch of people in our community with their own personal projects. One of my absolute favourites is Christy Hurd and uh, we talked to her in episode 250 and the fantastic thing about Christy's personal project it just started off as her photographing a, a, a little doll but it was a little Brad Pitt doll mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and she would photograph him in different outfits in different scenarios and it just grew and grew and grew into a much bigger project because she kept doing it like I said, not only photographing him in different outfits but different scenarios in different countries and different, you know, kind of like um, uh, situations, um, she ended up creating this absolutely fantastic coffee table book. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's such a great one to talk, uh, to listen to Christy talk about how that started off as a mere seed of an idea and grew into something so much bigger to the point where she's ended up um, getting gigs, like commercial yeah. gigs with uh, uh, major organisations, including my personal favourite, the label that does jackets for John Bon Jovi because yeah. I love Bon Jovi. How bizarre is that? It's so cool. It's I, so I cool. loved that interview with uh, Christy. And like the as you said, the shoot started with, a, oh, I'm just going to do the, oh, she did it to entertain herself. Yes, it wasn't yes. like, I'm going to do this personal project because I want to make a book and I want to be, you know, photographing the same mm. for the company that does Bon Jovi's jackets, right? No. She did it. It started as a personal project. It's like, let's see what happens if I do this. And there are a, a number of other episodes uh, where they talk about the importance of uh, the personal projects. Well, and, and one uh, of, another one that was um, a favourite of mine because – Today, for the first time in years, I played the piano. Valerie. Yes. What'd you play? My piano. Bark? uh, Impromptu in B-flat minor, I think. Yeah, of course you did. Um, Yeah. Were you... uh, Hang on, wait. Wait. Mm -hmm. Were you drinking at that point? No, I wasn't drinking at that point, yes. Was this... um, Did you play for guests or for yourself? No, 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 no. Just for yourself? Just myself and my street. (laughs) 
Oh, you did. You played for the street. Well, no, I mean, you just if giving the street, you'll hear it, right? That's all. I okay, mean. lovely. Um, so I do love the piano, but I don't yeah. play it very often. But I did play it today, so I yeah. particularly loved episode two hundred and seventy-three, which was with Romantietti. And uh, it, w- if for those of you who um, have listened, you may remember, and for those of you who haven't, oh my God, you've got to listen. His personal project is photographing abandoned pianos in abandoned buildings yeah they mansions. are gobsmacking absolutely yeah. gobsmacking it's such a an amazing very niche activity oh, niche yes <laughs> well just as niche as christie's you know well um, yes 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 Br- brad pitt so and that's the thing if you want to stand out you can only stand out by being yourself yeah. and it's like only you in. are going to have those interests and you know roman was going to uh doing these uh visiting abandoned buildings with his mother because she was a photographer who had an interest and then he stumbled on the first piano and then he took it to the next level it was like wasn't enough to just go there in the middle of the day he wanted to watch the light Mm. Uh, in the room illuminate the piano so he would go and uh, into these abandoned buildings in the middle of the night it's freaky, really. and uh, <laughs> just freaked me out I and then he it. would wait until the light hit yeah i know and 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 it would illuminate these pianos so it was for him it was all about that moment when that dawn light that beautiful soft light came in and that the piano appears out of the darkness and his images are extraordinary and again what started as just a just because kind of a project for no other reason than he loved pianos he loved abandoned buildings he's now um he's won multiple awards he's also had many books published and now um he's uh he's got a deal with uh i think steinway and sons and uh all these uh famous musicians are also um asking him to now um photograph uh, them with their musical instruments so he's now it's just gone gangbusters and and honestly his work is extraordinary yeah yeah and uh we can't go past talking about personal projects without mentioning cam neville which is episode 265 the art of photographing meaningful and authentic portraits and the reason i say that is because australia is burning at the moment and mm. one of the things that um Cam Neville does is photograph volunteer firefighters or, or firefighters. He works as a volunteer firefighter and it's the volunteer firefighters who are currently battling the blazes that are in Australia. And um, he has also a book called Into the Fire, um, which has uh, – well, his project is Into the Fire and um, he, he photographs firefighters. And um, amazing and and the lengths that cam went to oh. to get this because he just said uh, he decided one day that he wanted to photograph these volunteer firefighters yeah. and so he went to the station and asked and they said we can't just come here and photograph us he's like you know if you want it they said if you want to photograph us you don't have to join 
And so he did. And he became, and he still is, a volunteer firefighter. And during the time that I was scheduled to interview him, we had to um, reschedule the interview a couple of times because he was fighting the fires. And he's been in all those um, major blazes fighting those in uh, New South Wales uh, for the last few months. And so the the bravery, and then he's now uh, formed this... um, incredible bond with the people that he works with that you know the firefighters and from that obviously when he photographs them there is that that beautiful bond and and the depth and that the, these images are just um absolutely amazing and uh yeah that, that that was one of my uh favorite interviews of the year so it's actually two six nine val you said two six five. Oh, did i that's probably yes. because i'm a bit drunk the champagne's making you a bit blurry mm. so yeah. another um thing that I thought was really useful was um, uh, another theme that was useful was thinking differently about finding new clients because we usually think about them in a think about finding new clients in traditional and conventional ways but when Gina interviewed Olivia Bassert uh, on how to pitch yourself as a photographer she lives in um, Cornwall in the yep. UK uh, I found that really enlightening, Gina. What did you yeah. like about Olivia? Yeah, so what was fantastic is, uh, so Olivia lives in a really remote area. So like Cornwall is quite remote and yeah. it's rustic and rugged and beautiful, yeah. right? But she wanted to be a fashion photographer. Now, normally you'd think, okay, well, you've got to, uh, if you want to make it as a fashion photographer, you need to be in you know one of the cap- fashion capitals, like you want to relocate to somewhere like Paris or New York or London or right but she's got this really she had this really clever spin on that where she 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 said she thought I know Cornwall it's a a beautiful location and I know that if uh, any of the big brands wanted to fly a crew and the model and the photographer and the whole team out to Cornwall it'd be really expensive so what she did is she started pitching uh these uh, fashion labels out, uh, outside like in London and, and surrounding areas and saying I'm a specialist in this area I know the light, I know the locations and I also have access to good models. You send me the clothes and I'll shoot your campaign for you and so that's how she started and now she's developed all these great relationships yeah. uh, with all these different fashion labels. She's also got some fantastic ideas on how to pitch to these clients and uh, the, the actual uh, uh, email um, that she uses, how she finds uh, their email addresses using LinkedIn, and uh, it, that, that was a, a, a really clever uh, way to think outside the box. I thought it's like you know, let them come to you, and instead of you going to them, and they were all really open to it. So, a fantastic idea. Um, and another good one was uh, because you know we don't always have the budget for a fancy studio or or anything like that. So one of the things that I really loved was the fabulous Peter Foote, um, who's in our community, mm. and he's in episode 263, and we talk about home studios on a budget. Yes, mm. and Peter Foote is the uh, MacGyver. Yes. 
MacGyver. Of our, uh, he's just an expert, and he's yeah. also uh, very good at uh, doing making things look high end on yes. a budget. And yes. he certainly did this with his studio. And uh, in this episode, he took us through all the ways that you can, you know, save thousands on uh, building materials and studio gear, but but just by uh, looking at secondhand and going on places like Gumtree or or eBay and things like that and getting used materials and uh, you know he had a trailer and he had time uh, and I guess you need time I mean if you want something built in a hurry then you you commission someone to do it and it gets done but it's going to cost you thousands but if you've got time and you can do it slowly and you're a little bit handy then you know which is what Peter was uh, he managed to get a he converted his uh, two-car garage into a beautiful beautiful uh, boudoir studio including putting in um, French doors and uh, you know decorating it all all using secondhand material and I'll tell you my favorite takeaway from this uh, episode was he found um, the this couch yes on the side of the road like you know the equivalent of me finding stuff on hard hard rubbish which yep. i do love to do so p- people couch, put it actually. out a fantastic couch but it wasn't that color it's black in the in his studio but when he found it it was like yellow or something right and there is this upholstery paint that you can buy at uh, a hardware store and it's uh, repco make it and uh, basically you spray it on you spray your upholstery, Amazing. spray paint it, and you've got this, uh, you know, for 10 bucks or 15 bucks, he managed to reupholster or recolor the uh, the couch, and it, it stays soft. Like, you can do your car interior with it if Amazing. you want. It What a good hack. What a great hack. I loved hack. that. What a great hack. Um, and finally... I loved the episode with Emile Pakaklis, which was yes. how to take amazing images on your smartphone. And I have to, because that was fairly recently, it was episode 270. And I have yeah. to admit that after that, I did end up upgrading to the iPhone 11 Pro. Oh, you got it. Yeah. And? Yeah, it's great. I only just got it, so I haven't yeah. done it. Have you, have you done it? Have you set it up? Or have you done what I did and waited six months? <laughs> What do you mean set it up? As, like, is, it, is it running? Yeah, it's running now. I did it, yeah. Uh, it, it took a long time. Like, it, it's, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why it takes a long time. But, um, yes. It took a long time up. because you were reluctant to do it or because no, 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 it just a long takes time a long to actually time. do. Oh, because you've got a – yeah, but it's made easier now. The whole system is yeah, easy. Yeah, that's in theory. Yes, yes, yes. But then okay. you've got to log into everything again. You know, just anyway. Oh, it's a nightmare. That's what put, took me six months to yeah. change phones because of all of that. And then you go, oh, I've got to log into this app. I, I can't know. remember the password. And and a lot of that is made easier as well. But still, it's not as seamless as you would hope. But anyway, it's fine. Um, so I'm all set up now. And yeah. um, uh, it's good. I haven't got a the right cover for it. So even though I've got the triclops thing... Um, I'm not using it at the moment because my cover isn't made for the iPhone 11 Pro. All right, so you have to get a new one. Yeah, I have to get a new one. What's it going to be? Well, I want the same cover, but they don't exist. 
So what are you going to do? I don't know. I have What a dilemma to I have. I know. That... <laughs> First world problem, right? It sure is. What cover for my new iPhone 11? My God. All right. But, so, but yes. wait, my favourite takeaway yes. from that episode yes. uh, was that you can control focus and exposure independently when you take a shot. So yes. I didn't know did not know before this episode that you could actually lock focus on the phone screen so and that if you say screen. if you're you want to photograph uh someone standing there and you might have people moving through the frame so you don't want the phone to track yes, focus on yes. them so you can lock focus on the area that you want but just by holding it down and it'll lock the focus then you can adjust the exposure just by swiping your finger up and down yep. at the same time while you've got, for me, that was like pfft, mind blown. <laughs> Game changer. Yes. Yes. So there you go, Val. Fantastic. That's, uh, highlights of 2019. And then uh, I think I suggest you all go and uh, dig out your photos and yeah. maybe find your best five or nine or ten images and feel free to post them in the podcast Facebook group. I'd love to see them. But, uh, yeah, I'll be doing that. And, uh, yeah, set your goals for 2020. Share them with us. We'd love to know and what they are. Them. Yes, love to know what they are. Mm. Say it out loud and yes. uh, then you've got, you know, all of us holding you accountable and hopefully in a year's time you'll be celebrating the fact that you made it. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Where do we find you online, Gina? You can find me at ginamilitia.com. So that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm at Gina Militia on all social media. And if you want to be mentored by me, then... Uh, consider joining the goal community i love teaching my goldies uh it's the best thing that i do uh and it's uh ginamilitia.com and click on join the community what about you val you'll find me uh at valerie Koo on twitter and instagram and over at valeriekoo.com where huge chunks of my website have been plagiarized on somebody else's website. So if you website. want to, if you want to plagiarize <laughs> either of our websites, just go. Uh, you're not going to get much great content off mine. Like you know, it, like imagine if someone plagiarized me, it'd be like, yeah. So the light was really cucka. So if you don't want cucka light. It's fully awesome and you will love yourself sick. So I, I don't think it would be very hard to find. But, yeah, if you want a classy website to plagiarise, go check out ValerieKoo.com. Um, all right. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you next time. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.